I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Hey there. Ever wonder what happens to all those amazing screenplays that never make it to the big screen? Well, wonder no more. Welcome to Table Read Podcast, where we bring those undiscovered gems to life. Picture this. Talented actors giving incredible performances with the occasional laugh or blooper thrown in, produced by award-winning pros. From drama to comedy, TV pilots to feature films, there's something for everyone. And guess what? We release new episodes every week, so don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Table Read Podcast, where great stories finally get their chance to shine. Welcome back to Thanks for Coming In. I'm your host, Jillian Clare. It's so nice to be recording again. I took like a, a month off. Obviously, there were still episodes that came out, but I haven't been at my desk recording in a minute. I actually was in a bubble on a set, uh, which is a pretty bizarre experience. And hopefully one day I can share with you all what that was like. But it was awesome. And now I'm home, which is also awesome. I, I don't really know what to do with my time now, but I'm figuring it out. The office looks really clean. That's that's basically all I got. I have to say, I had a very funny experience today. I'm actually recording this the day before this comes out, which is very rare for me. I'm always recording weeks in advance. But today, <laughs> I uh, I was going to close my window in my room. And by my window, well, under the window, is one of my dog's beds. And I don't know what happened. I think I just like forgot how to be a human for a second because I just fell just like straight over the bed <laughs> and I just screamed and then I laid there. And I'm one of those people that when I like get hurt, I'm hurt for a minute and then I just start laughing hysterically. And it's been hard for me to stop laughing because I just keep on remembering how much of a dumbass I was. And then I start laughing again. Anyway, happy to be back. Uh, thanks, as always, for tuning in. I love doing this. 
And uh, hopefully you guys tell all of your friends about it and I can continue doing this and maybe make some money off of it one day. Who knows? Who knows? Could just be me in my my office forever alone. Today on the show, we have Lisa DeRue. She is great. She's in a bunch of Hallmark movies. Basically, if you've ever had the Hallmark channel on, you have seen her face. Uh, We had a great conversation. She's uh, starring in the new Netflix film, Love Guaranteed, which just came out a couple weeks ago. Y'all should watch it. It's a really cute rom-com. And here's my conversation with Lisa DeRue. All right. Welcome to the show, Lisa. Thank you for having me. (laughs) How are you today? I'm good. I'm good. I got my cup of coffee, second cup of coffee of the day, and I'm good to go. Ooh, it's a it's a two cup day, huh? It's a two cupper, yes, totally. Oh gosh, it's one of those. <laughs> oh, that that takes a lot for me to do two cups. Really? God, yeah. good for you. I had to cut back. I was a hardcore like three four cupper for a while, and then I had my daughter, and I went, eh, I can't do this anymore. It just just wears you out. So two cups. Mm. If I have a second one, it's because I'm I need it. <laughs> Yeah. I just, I don't know what it is. It's like coffee to me is such a morning thing. Like I really have to be super, super, super tired to drink it in the afternoon. Otherwise I'll just have like a soda, which I know is so bad for you, but I'll still do it. (laughs) But you make yourself think it's better. It's like, no, it's, it's better. It's better. It's not coffee. (laughs) It's it's not coffee. It's better. I'm having a Diet Coke. Exactly. I'm getting my body prepared for death. It's great. (laughs) You got it. You got it. So true. God. Um, so you're up in Canada, is that right? Yeah, yeah I'm based How's in Vancouver, Canada. Canada. How is Canada? How's it up there? It's fantastic. Yeah. It's fantastic. It's uh in terms of the film industry, I think we opened I don't know if it was kind of on par if we opened sooner. We opened first thing I shot was back in June. So Holy Lord. I know. And and the thing is up here. I mean, we, out of fairness, we have very different scenery compared to LA. So I think we have a lot, mm-hmm. a lot of different locations that they can shoot, whether it be the mountains or the ocean or just, you know, city life. And, and we have far less people in Canada. So I think it's a lot easier mm. perhaps to get, get locations and stuff. No but uh, yeah, it started up in June again, a lot of protocol, the masks and the testing and all of that, less people, less crew on set. Yeah. And then um, I think that they said as of, what did I read the other day? As of November, there'll be 80 shows up and running here. Because we do. Wow. Yeah, but again, out of fairness, we do a lot of MOWs, like Movie of the Weeks and stuff up here. That mm-hmm. in LA, you guys do a lot more studio stuff. So, mm. yeah. So it's, it sounds like a big, big number. But I think if you're comparing it in terms of mm, budget-wise, it's probably hmm, it's probably a little bit bigger. But not as as grand as it sounds. Right. Yeah, no, I, I'm sure that is it. I mean, I mean, I, I just I think it's cool that you guys actually got to be able to go back to work in June. Like for us, SAG is just announcing that we have like back to work protocols now. Interesting. Well, I know there was a big debate between ACTRA, which is our union, and SAG uh, in terms of starting the shows that were going to have a lot of SAG actors on them or any SAG actors. So they weren't just strictly mm-hmm. Canadian shows. So the Canadian shows started up first. Because they had mm-hmm. to agree, I don't know what the, I'd be lying if I said I knew the exact agreement, but I know even like the good <laughs> doctor couldn't go again until they figured out how often you had to be tested and stuff. So it's good though. That means your union cares. It's a good thing. Yes. Yes, it is true. And it, well, I mean, I think, how did Canada do with the, the pandemic? I feel like you guys did a lot better with it than what we're currently in. We, again, you have, we have to remember, put it in perspective, you have way more people in your country than we do. 
And I think in terms of shutting down and stuff, our government was very proactive about that very quickly. Mm -hmm. And so I think it just, you know, I think based on just Canada as a country, the history of being quite precautious about or quite cautious about things like that, it's, um, Mm -hmm. we shut down pretty quickly. So, I mean, but our numbers are still going back up like everybody else right now for the second wave. So we're not, you know, by no means are we doing anything that's so fantastic that we're (laughs) escaping what the rest of the world (laughs) is doing. But no, and yeah, it's definitely a different ball game up here than down there. It's a little more strict, Mm -hmm. but we also have far less people up here than you guys do. So I think it'd be a much tougher situation to be in the States currently, even just because of that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I barely leave my house, so. Well, there you go. There you go. I just stay in my house and just live. It's fine. Right. Well, as uh, long as you're happy, you're good. Exactly, exactly. I love that you, you said Canada was precautious. It reminded me of, did you watch the Emmys the other night? I did. I Okay, so Dan Levy obviously won, like, everything, which was amazing because I love Shit's Creek. Yeah. But I saw the funniest tweet that was like, as a true Canadian, Dan Levy apologized for winning every award. <laughs> And I thought that was the funniest thing ever. Uh, but that is so Canadian. We really do. We come by it honestly. Like none of us are trying to make it sound like we're so apologetic. It's just something that is ingrained in you from day one to just, you know, be be humble and be grateful and shut your mouth. Don't be too mm-hmm. over the top excited. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. He's been yeah, so funny from the beginning though. That guy, I remember watching oh, him. God. He was on the after show for The Hills. I think it was him and Jesse. I can't remember her last name. Hilarious Wait, redhead girl. Yeah. He was on the after. I think he was the after show for the, I'm, I'm, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it was the after show for the Hills and it was him and this girl, Jesse, and I'm totally dumbing out on her last name. She's this hilarious, gorgeous, redheaded woman who's gone on to host other things. And he was always really funny. And you're like, who is this guy? And then I found out it was Eugene Levy's son and you're like, oh, no kidding. So when I found out he was starting a show, I, there was no way it wasn't going to be successful because he is so insane. Oh, my God. Funny. You're so right. He yeah. was on the watch. What? what yeah. Watch his what commentary. Oh, my oh God. My God. Pro- I'm going to have to watch oh, this. Oh, please do. And oh, it was, was the, so young. Oh, yeah. It was the original. It was like um, Lauren Conrad. And and what was the one, uh, the other girl that was on Kristen? Kristen. There was Kristen Cavallari yeah, and they, Lauren they, Conrad. Yeah, they did the after show and commented on all the ridiculous behavior. And him and Jesse were so funny. So you knew. You're like, this guy, both of them, they're going to do well for themselves. So I'm glad it worked out. That's so funny. I think her name, Jesse Crookshank. Yes, yes, was. yes. Oh, God, she's hilarious, too. She's good. They're oh, both wow. hilarious. Yeah. I had no idea. I wonder if that was just a Canada thing because I didn't. I never saw this. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, obviously, being in Canada, I saw it, so I don't know if it was just up here. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I don't know, though, if he – I don't know enough about him that if he lived in Canada or if maybe he was from L.A. because his dad was his dad. I have no idea. But, yeah, you knew he was going to do just fine. Yeah, no kidding. Well, he's so, cool. so funny, and I love that show. Um, so Canada, you grew up there, right? Or I did. did. You, did you move? Okay, so you grew up in Canada. Um, How yeah. was that? Oh, it was awesome. Full blown Canadian. But I grew up in <laughs> right. I grew up in Manitoba, which is straight up from essentially it's straight up from Fargo in Minnesota. So it's a very, okay. very much that feel of Fargo. Everyone has a very Canadian accent. You know, you want to go home at yes. Christmas. My mom, oh, I'm so happy to see you. <laughs> like, mom, <laughs> I need to work on that. 
But uh, yeah, I don't know. It was good peeps. Good. It's a smaller city. So just overall good people. And then moved mm. out to the West Coast about 10, 11 years ago. And I've been down to LA. I've done all that stuff. But I just find that, I don't know. I feel like for some people, LA is just, it's the place. It works for you. You love it. But I think maybe just because I grew up more small city and and just a little mm-hmm. bit different climate that I really liked Vancouver over LA. So I'm and I'm glad I stayed here because the film industry is so busy up here too that I think mm-hmm. either way it doesn't matter where you live you're going to work which is great. I know I've always joked about marrying somebody who lives in Canada just because I feel like there's so much work up there all the time. Plus it's do Canada it. and if I need to escape I can. <laughs> just do it. Why not? <laughs> I have a Canadian friend that I'm just like so should we get married yet? Like I feel like it's going downhill down here. Right. I feel like maybe I should come hang with you guys up there. You're not the first person to say that, so I won't judge you if you do it. I think more power to you. you. Canada's beautiful. I've been to Vancouver and Victoria. It's so pretty. It is pretty cool. You've been to Victoria? Really? Good for you. Yeah, back back when it was like um, swine flu days, I think it was H1N1, all of the uh, cruises that were going down to Mexico got switched to going up to Canada because nobody could go to Mexico. So me and my two friends and our parents went on a cruise together. Oh. And it was, like, Vancouver and Victoria. And I think there might have been another stop, but I can't fully remember. It was really fun, though. Cool. There you go. That's great. Good for you. <laughs> I also read um, that you were a big ice hockey person. Yeah. Yeah, that's what, what I did. What is that like? Uh, well, I thought it was great. I mean, I didn't know any different. <laughs> Someone else I might just, not I have liked so it. I feel so bad but... about being on the ice. Like, I just fall on my ass. So. Well, <laughs> I, uh. I came from a family that we did it pretty early on. Again, that's very Canadian of us. But my dad Mm -hmm. was a really good hockey player. And so I think naturally he didn't have any sons. So I was his second child. And he went, she's going to do all the boy stuff. So by (laughs) two, I think he had me out on the ice. And I I took to it. You can tell when someone takes to skates really well because as opposed to just kind of like trying to walk on these blades, they actually start to glide. And so I did that pretty young. But Mm -hmm. I wiped out hard, I think, at about two and a half and – my whole upper lip. My parents, I don't know why. They didn't put me in a cage. They should have, like a, a, a helmet with a mask that's a cage. Mm-hmm. Technically, you should put all children in it, but they were they were naive. They didn't know. And so I smashed my face open, and I wouldn't go back for about a year. And then once I did, oh. we wore a helmet, and then everything was fine. And I, I loved it. So to be honest, I've, I've skated longer, or I should say have been more comfortable skating than probably anything else I've ever done in my life. So it's wow. I love it, but that doesn't – you know, everybody's different with it, but it was just fun. And while other people are playing football or baseball or whatever, I played hockey, ice hockey, even in the mm. summer. It was crazy. That's that's amazing, though. It sounds like such a, a fun um, talent that not. I feel like not a lot of people have that. I mean, again, I'd just fall on my ass if I tried to hold a stick <laughs> while also standing on the ice. It just well, wouldn't happen. So it takes all kinds. There's yeah, there you go. Yeah, well, I liked it. It did well for me, so here we are. <laughs> here we are. And then what made you decide to, like, get into acting and move away from the ice hockey? Oh, it was a complete fluke in a way, which people don't like when I say that story because it's very uh, – <laughs> pisses every actor off who's like, I've been working my butt off. But I honestly – it was really kind of organic in the sense that I was supposed to go to Bemidji, Minnesota for school for hockey – and I dislocated my shoulder three times mm-hmm. in my grade 12 year. And my mom just said, take a couple classes back home in Winnipeg, get it fixed, keep your brain active, and then you can go next year. But one of the mm-hmm. classes I took at the university in Winnipeg was just 
a theater class and I fell in love with it. And I saw Chorus Line and they were Dance 10 Lux 3 and I was like, that's amazing. So within a couple weeks, I had signed up for, well, I had found a studio that would teach older people because I was already like 18 going on 19, which is old in dance world. So I started taking mm. about nine hours of dance a week plus a couple hours of singing, enrolled in the theater program. And then just a series of events kind of came about where my second year, I drove a girlfriend to an open MTV movie audition call mm -hmm. and I was just driving her. I wasn't even going to audition, but the casting director heard me, heard my laugh because it's quite loud. And she asked me if I wanted to come back the next day. I said, sure, but I booked it, which I look back now. Oh, it was wow. like, yeah, it was crazy. It was Lizzie Kaplan and then uh, Steve oh, Braun, who's her. now, I know Lizzie Kaplan, Steve Braun, who's now a casting director with Risa Bramon Garcia. And then um, who else? Brooke Dorsey and uh, it was just cool I, I didn't know at the time I was you know I think at that point I was like going on 20 had no idea how to mm. film act but it was like 16 days on set I was like this is pretty cool and then <laughs> yeah right you're like is it always like this I had no idea but I was that person that had no concept of the understanding that time is money when it comes to film so you yeah. know when it was my call time being the makeup chair at this time say it was nine o'clock, I would offer to pick everyone else up. So I'd be like an hour late. And they're like, Lisa, you have to oh be here God. at nine. And I was like, oh, but I was picking up so-and-so and so-and-so. They're like, you can't do that. It's like, why not? <laughs> I didn't understand. So I had I learned a lot of tough lessons really quick. I remember bringing friends to set because Lizzie had brought friends to set, but she was the lead. So of course she right. could bring her boyfriend to set, but I didn't know. So I started bringing, and they just kept putting them in my trailer. They're like, you're not allowed to bring people. I was like, why? I didn't get it. So it was a, it was a, a rough, steep, learn, steep learning curve, but yeah, mm -hmm. so I did that. And then my third year, I signed up for a stage combat class for theater, just thinking it would be good to have. And I was athletic and I, I, I guess I did well, but the teacher found me after the class had ended and asked, why didn't I give him my resume, which I was clueless about, but he mm -hmm. was the stunt coordinator for all of Manitoba films. So he ended up getting me into doing stunts for a couple years and right out of the gate, I think I did like 10 10 stunt gigs within oh my god I know like I and the thing is now up in Vancouver I have my own film training studio and I uh, the front part of it is is there's a gentleman who teaches uh, or teaches different disciplines for martial arts so we have a lot of the wow. local stunt people in here and so I see how hard they work and the fact that I mm -hmm. got credits right away is is obnoxious because I had no concept <laughs> how how lucky I was I was like this is cool you know, which I'm sure the people coming from out of town were like, you're such a dud. And sure enough, after about two years, the stunt coordinator was like, either you're going to train in it or you're going to switch to just principal photography. So I did because that's mm -hmm. what I wanted to do anyways. But mad appreciation for wow. those guys because I definitely would not do that now. But I was young and athletic yeah. and I don't know. I was like, why not? <laughs> and then it all kind of came about. I, I took a year. I did a musical theater boot camp out in Victoria at a school that they have there. And I went home and booked a series that was coming randomly to Winnipeg with Mark McKinney from Kids in the Hall as the showrunner. Mm. He's the guy on Superstore now, if people don't know Kids in the Hall, but it, it all just kind of lined up. And then an agent from one of the people I was working with saw some footage and called me in Winnipeg in my little apartment and said, do you want to move to Vancouver? And I was already 26. And I went, okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, like, sure, whatever. So oblivious to how hard it would be when I moved here, but it took about yeah. a year to get rocking and rolling, and then now it's all history. But yeah, it, it was not. I was going to be an athletic therapist and live in Minnesota. Like I had, I was not going to be an actor <laughs> at all. It's crazy. Minnesota, what a I, different life. I know, right? Totally. Wow. 
It would have been far more in line with Winnipeg, that's for sure. You can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. That's amazing. I I love stories like that because I feel like this industry is totally like 90% chance and 10% like preparation, you know? Oh, yeah, totally. And I think I had the intelligence enough from having played sports to understand that if you're going to do something, like it's, even with stunts, like after two years, it's like if you're going to do it, you better step up and do it because people will start mm-hmm. to notice if you're just kind of relying on, oh, I'm cute and someone said I kind of look like this person or whatever. So, yeah, I, I along the way just kept finding ways to do more and more training, not really ever yeah. thinking that it would – I don't know if I ever really thought it would work out. <laughs> I just kind of <laughs> – I was like, how can I avoid – you know, how can I how can I avoid really committing to whatever it is I'm supposed to do with the rest of my life? I'm going to play mm-hmm. as long as possible until my parents tell me I can't anymore. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I think that's a great way to live. Eh, I was just all I could all I thought was as long as I can pay for my apartment and and my car, I'm good. And then, right. then I, yeah, and then it all worked out. So here we are. <laughs> and then how did you land into like the Hallmark universe because I feel like you're such a, a name in that universe now. How did you land there? Um I think I just, like everybody else in Vancouver, they film a huge amount of their content here. And so Mm -hmm. like everybody else, you know, you go out to your general little auditions for it. And the one that kind of landed the, the, I guess the best was the Murder, She Baked series, which was Mm -hmm. uh, Allison Sweeney from Days of Our Lives, Cameron Matheson, and then one of their Hallmark darlings, Barbara Nivens. And it was based on a series Mm -hmm. of books that this woman had wrote and she was a, she still is like a New York bestselling author and they're really easy reads and there's always little recipes in them. And, and so that just kind of got me into their, I guess, into their world, so to speak. Mm -hmm. But the interesting part is I've done about 20, 
23, something like that. I don't know, somewhere in there. Uh, films for them, but I've never been a lead for them. I just kind of always get to pop in, do my thing, and pop out. And I think even this year, this is the first Christmas that I won't be on Hallmark just because of the way projects all lined up. I didn't end up doing oh my anything. Gosh. Yeah, it's the first thing. It's like years, but just the way like doing other shows, it didn't line up to do one, so I didn't. Mm. So it feels weird. I feel like you know, you feel like, oh my god, it's this like is the first Christmas piece of you is missing. Yeah, but I I did say to my husband, I'm like, it's kind of it's kind of cool because I'll get to just sit and watch with everybody else and play the Hallmark drinking game and enjoy it, <laughs> as opposed to <laughs> worrying about like, oh, did they like it? Is it is it mine? Is it not? What happened there? But no, it's Are uh, going to work again after this. <laughs> I know that's it. You never know. You never know, but. But the the cool part is, like, I kept in touch with a lot of the leading ladies that I have worked with. And I would say, in mm-hmm. particular, Allison Sweeney and Nikki DeLoach, I've, they're like sisters, and I talk to them quite often. But that's been the cool part of all of it, is that just getting to, to see them often, because they come up here mm-hmm. to work quite a bit. So that's been nice. But yeah, first Christmas, and I think It is interesting. Those, like, I feel like Hallmark and Lifetime have both created these, like, families of sorts, mm-hmm. almost kind of in the vein of soap operas. Well, but that's, to me, it's the modern day version of that because it is a lot of the same cast. A lot of your cast has come from soap operas. So it's neat to see because you wondered, like, what would ever happen when soap operas start to, like anything, everything's cyclical. And it started, soap operas are, you know, there's still four of them, I think, hanging on there and doing well. But the rest have all kind of petered out. So Hallmark was a new new home for those audiences and for those those people to to do something that they're excited about, which is cool. So, and in life. Yeah, and then Lifetime kind of went, well, wait a minute, Hallmark's doing it. We're going to do that, too. <laughs> but and I think they're doing it well. So baking movies, everyone dies all the time I, in some I, way or another. Well, that's I was saying to someone the other day, we were talking about this. I'm like, for a network that is so PG and so all about family, it's amazing how much death there is on every it's, mystery it's show. <laughs> Yeah, it's like all death. And no one ever moves. Like you're in a small yeah. town and people keep dying left, right, and center. And you're like, oh, I guess I'm going to go to the bakery for coffee. <laughs> Come on, people. Move. Guys, Never. People are dying. Leave. Right. And they're the most ungruesome deaths ever. They make them sound like they are, but they're so pretty. I remember dying once on. Oh, what was it called? Garage Sale Mysteries. And even they came up and put a little blood on my forehead. Well, when they aired it, they didn't show any of that. It was just like, it's almost like she just kind of fainted from behind a tree. I was like, that was beautiful. <laughs> what a beautiful death. Good. What a great way to go. If you're going to go. Sweet. Oh, yeah. gosh. Um, tell me about your latest film, Love Guaranteed. It just came out on Netflix. Yeah. I love Jennifer Lee Cook. How, how was that? Uh, it was great. I mean, the thing is with that show, I didn't know what to expect, but I knew walking in that Mark Steve Johnson, the director, I was a huge fan because I grew up with my dad watching all those old school rom or um, not even rom-coms, the old comedies with like John Candy and Steve Martin. Mm -hmm. And, and so grumpy old men and grumpier old men were two that I knew inside and out. And so Mm -hmm. I, I, when I saw that he was someone who wrote one of them, I went, are you kidding me? And so he was so cool about letting us do whatever we wanted. We did so many extra takes of things that never even made it to the movie because tone-wise they didn't fit. But I think because he was just having fun, he just let us play. So Mm -hmm. it worked out so great. And, I mean, Rachel was awesome. Uh, Damon was awesome. Heather Graham was awesome. Everyone – pardon me, sipping my coffee and I'm about to choke here. Okay, there we go. Um, (laughs) They were all just really nice. 
And I think, I don't know, my experience with people in this industry is that a lot of times when you want people to be cool because that's what you hope for, it's not necessarily the case. But for this, Mm -hmm. they all were. So that was kind of a a little bit of the icing on the cake. Because either way, the Mm -hmm. the script was fun and the character was fun and all that. But when the people, especially because Rachel was a producer and I feel like the behavior of most crew on set will come from the producers if they're good, nice people, even when they're freaking out and like, you know, kind of worried about things, <laughs> they, the rest of the crew will be okay with, with that kind right. of behavior. So yeah, it was, it was great. It was a lot of fun. It's, it's an old school rom-com, right? Like it's, it's what. I love rom-coms so well, much. And they went away for a while because back in the day before Netflix and Amazon and, and even up in Canada, Crave TV, the, and Hulu, the streaming services really became a thing the hardest thing to sell to any network was comedy. Like after when they kind of started, not, I want to say the movie theater started fizzling out, but people just didn't seem to go as often. It was really hard to sell a comedy. So people stopped making them. And that's when Hallmark Mm. jumped in and took that model and just kind of made it a little more PG. But this, since the streaming services have all gone, wait a minute, especially right now with everything, they, uh, yeah, they're trying to bring a them. Good movie. Yeah, you're you're. They're trying to bring them back, and they're just lighthearted. They're not super. You know, they're not going to make you overly anxious or or anything right. too erotic. But they're just fun and easy. And and as the people in it, it's just so refreshing to do something that maybe hasn't been done in a while, but that you grew up on. So you're like, yes, yeah. please bring more of these back. That would be great. Yeah, I think I've I think I've only acted in like one rom com, and I remember it being like the best experience because it's just so lighthearted on set as well, and you're all just having such a good time. Well, that's the thing, like, and you can go work on other things where you know you're like, oh, I really want to change it up and do something like deep or intense, and that's cool. But you forget that for then 14 hours or whatever it is you're on set that day, it's really intense. Yeah. And I remember talking to we shoot, uh, pardon me, up here shoots that show Million Little Things. And do you, mm-hmm. did you ever catch the show Psych? It was a comedy. Um, I think I've seen like Rod- episodes like on USA or something. Right. So J- I think it's James Roday. I apologize if I'm pronouncing his name wrong. He was the lead in Psych. <laughs> Him and Dulé. Uh, I can't remember his last name. Great Dulé guys. Hill like- from West Wing. Thank you. Obsessed. Thank you. Exactly. So Dulé Hill and James. Well, Dulé and James, they were the, the leads of the Psych show, which was so funny. So I worked with him on that. Then I saw him because small world, he's friends with Rachel. So he was at our little rap party for this show. Mm. And we were talking, he was asking about million little things because I love that show. And I was like, that's awesome. And he was really positive. But kind of as it came out, you realize what he was very politically correctly saying is that he went from a comedy where everything was funny all day, every day to a very serious drama. And so it's not the same vibe on set. And you forget that. And once you do those, like I remember there was one show, all I had to do was ball my eyes out because my husband died. And so the mm. whole day you're waiting to ball your eyes out. So you can't necessarily partake in all the fun because you never know when they're going to be like, okay, hey, let's do it. And you're like, ah. So yeah. It's I'm, I'm also one of those actors that sits there with like my earphones in on set, listening yeah. to sad music until I need to cry. Well, and it's so tricky, right? Yeah, exactly. And it's so tricky because you don't want to be that person. Like I'm not method or anything. You don't want to be mm-hmm. that person who's going, okay, well guys, just leave me my space. But the truth is I have such phonetic, frenetic energy and love and exuberance for everybody that if I'm not careful, it'll just get all kinds of happy and all of that. But then all of a sudden they say rolling and you're like, oh my God, I actually need like 10 minutes to calm down before we can even yeah, go like, there. Can I please have a second? I need to just like, you know, start breathing really heavily. Yeah. Um, they're like, we're going into lunch in five minutes. Do you want us to go into overtime? No. Oh my God. No. Okay. Like, my worst now. nightmare. 
Yeah. So I don't know. The rom-coms are always fun because of stuff like, or comedy in general is fun because most yeah. people are willing to be playful and not worry about like, oh, we have to start shooting right away. Whereas sometimes when it's the other stuff, it can be a little bit more on your brain because of where you have to go with it. Right. right. Yeah, yeah, it's it's true. It's like you you have to go basically into a whole new area. And like you said, like I'm the exact same way that you are. If yeah. I'm on set and I'm like having fun, but I'm yeah. just having fun. And then I'm yeah. like, okay, wait, I actually need to focus now. Give me <laughs> a second, please. Thank you. Yeah. Exactly. You're like, damn it. I got to work. Okay. God damn cool. it. I got to work. I know. And then you get annoyed that you have to work. You're like, oh. And all these actors that didn't get it, they're like, screw you. <laughs> yeah, excuse me, ma'am. Yeah. Can you appreciate us just a little bit? Yes, okay. <laughs> so true. Oh, man. Um, okay, so now that we've uh, talked about your career a little bit, sure. we've come to the part in the show where I like to ask people to share either a bad audition story or something that you almost got that you were really upset that you didn't get or an audition story that was bad but turned out to be great. Anything like that. Do you have sure. something in that for Oh, God. Where to start? So uh, <laughs> my favorite bad audition story ever was yeah. – it, was, it wasn't even anything big. It was this little commercial they were filming here. But one of the questions was, do you dance? And because I started <laughs> later, like I'm a really good mover dancer, but I'm not a prima ballerina, right? But mm-hmm. I, I, I can move really well. It's all good. So I was really pushing my age. And I was like, come on. Like I was new to Vancouver. I was like, come on. He's like, Lisa, really? You want me to really push for this? Like, okay. <laughs> it was like no pay. It was just a commercial. But at the same time, I was going to prove to the world I could do this. So then – I go in and I brought my own music. I choreographed a routine. And granted, I'm already like 28 years old at this point. So it's not Uh exactly like I'm a hot 16-year-old Brit Brit dancer. So I go in with my own music. I feel personally attacked. I just turned 28. (laughs) Oh, well, you got – good for you. I'm jealous of your skin right now. Um, So then (laughs) you and your collagen, good for you. So so I go in and I – I go to play my music. They're like, oh, no, no, we have music. I was like, oh, okay, cool. That's okay. That's okay. So they put on this little tiny CD recorder in the back (laughs) of the room, and you can hardly hear it. And it was like this, like, music, like totally not anything that unless you were high at a club, you could even remotely do anything to. And I was like, oh, God. So then I was like, okay. So then I started like doing all these moves and dancing. I just went for it. Like in my own head, I was like, you're going for it, girl. And then all of a sudden she stops me and she's like, are you going to say the lines? And I was like, what? I never once looked at the script to actually look at the lines. All I could care about was getting my moves down. (laughs) I didn't realize there was lines. Like I'd never done that in my life. I was mortified. So then I quickly looked at them and, like, tried to memorize them. So then they came out so brutal, just like a horrible machine gun of, like, lines, 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 lines. That made no sense. And then because the music was still going and I was out of moves, the only thing I could think to do was to turn and grab my chair and kick my legs in the air like a donkey kick. And I almost kicked (laughs) the reader in the face. And then they're like, okay, okay, thank you. That's it. That's it. And the poor reader, she's like, oh, my God. I'm like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Okay, great. And they're like. Thanks so much for coming in, Lisa. And I walked out the door. And as soon as I closed the door, they erupted. They were laughing so hard because it was so (laughs) pathetic. So that was probably my all-time favorite bad audition story. And I just, like, where did my brain go? Since when do we not have lines in audition? But I just, I was so focused on proving I was the next J-Lo fly girl that I just did not do my homework. And it was awful. The donkey kick. It was awful. It was awful. And in my head, I thought it was so straight. It was probably so crooked and hardly even off the ground. But I was like, oh, this magnificent donkey kick. 
No, it's brutal. <laughs> it reminds me of like Molly Shannon when she'd do the superstar stuff. Oh yeah. It was full on it was full on <laughs> pathetic. Trust me. <sighs> if oh, only to be applying that well. Yep, that was my that was one of my faves. <laughs> oh, that's a great story. <laughs> Uh, and then my first, my other bad audition story was the first time I auditioned in LA and it's different because down there, you know, I mean, you would know the casting director can be three feet away from you with no camera mm-hmm. and you have no clue. And so I went mm-hmm. in and I kept waiting for somebody to come in with a camera and finally the casting director, <laughs> this big guy, he's sitting like on a couch three feet from me. He's like, are you going to start? And I said, well, is the camera going to come in? He's like, No. I said, well, should we wait for the casting director? He's like, I am the casting director. And we've been sitting there oh for God. like five minutes. He just let me sit there and he waited and watched me to see what I would do because he thought I was starting it. So then I was so nervous that I did the audition. I think it was for bad teachers when they made that into a series. And oh, it was yeah, so, yeah. so brutal that I only did the first page and got so nervous that I stopped. And he finally just said, are you going to say the other two pages? And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Let's start again. And he goes, did you just apologize? I said, yeah. He goes, you can leave. I went, Okay. And I just walked out the door oh and walked God. to my car and like hyperventilated. I was like, <laughs> welcome to Los Angeles. <laughs> <laughs> so brutal. I can't believe he just was like, leave. Oh, you apologize. I leave. am positive he was just doing my manager a favor. And then he probably had like five minutes in between meetings and was like, yeah, okay. He thought, because I'm sure my manager was like, oh, she'll come in. He's like, like, she works all the time. She'll rock it. And I came in like a dum dum, was so confused. Didn't like, <laughs> Yeah, just looked like a total amateur. So I'm sure he was like, get out. <laughs> just please leave. Yeah, never again. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> oh, man. I love some good, bad auditions. They're just yeah. the best. Like, well, because obviously in the moment they are, they're awful and it sucks, but they're fun to look back on. But they are kind of funny in the moment because you're looking at the idea that you're like, I'm in a room with someone I don't know trying so hard to look like I'm not nervous. They can tell mm-hmm. by my pit sweat that I'm dying inside and Literally. they're staring at me hoping that I impress them and I'm trying not to cry. This is yeah. my life. This is a job at chose. <laughs> like, <laughs> it is funny because it's so ridiculous. It's it so is. absurd. But it yeah, is. Especially when you have the auditions too, they're like actual – where you have to have, like, actual breakdowns, and then you're just, like, sobbing. Oh, yeah. And you just lose it in the room. Well, I read one <laughs> the other like, day, and, like, yeah, I read one the other day, and, like, every other line, they're, like, her eyes well up with tears to the point where I was, like, <laughs> do they just unwell and then keep welling up? Like, she never quite cr- – this, this is a feat. This writer is really pushing all of us to try harder. Like, <laughs> she wells up. Just She's okay. She wells up. have to well up. Oh, man. I was, like, this is going to be rough. So I was like, I'm okay. I don't need to do this one. <laughs> like, oh, my God. It sounds hard. <laughs> it's either that or you just, like, continually stare at the camera the entire time for that audition and just, like, have tears. <laughs> and that's it. Like, just go total get out. Like, just oh, staring yeah. with tears. Yeah. yeah. You're like, he can do it. So can I. If you stare yeah. at the camera. <laughs> I know. I know. Oh, God. Yep. We've all been there. You just go, again, this is my life. Could have been a CEO of any other company by now. But mm-hmm. nope. <laughs> But no, sir, I no. want to act. I want to be an actor. Me and three million other people. <laughs> Feel my emotions, damn it. Yeah, notice me. <laughs> so true. Oh, my gosh. Well, thank you so much for sharing those stories with me. Mm-hmm. Um, Anytime. I, go laugh. I think that's the, the most I've laughed in a minute here. Whew, oh, good. Good, good. <laughs> um, where can people follow you on social media? 
Uh, any of my social media platforms, just, I'm, I'm old school. I'm just Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, if people still do that. I don't know. Uh, it's <laughs> the Lisa Daru, just my full name, uh, at whatever handle you're going to, because apparently in France, there's already a Lisa Daru. So she stole oh. it first. So I'm the Lisa Daru. <laughs> it's more her. official anyway. Yeah, exactly. I was like, move over. I'm the Lisa Daru. <laughs> there you go. The Lisa? So, so yeah. you know. Yes. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> thank you again so much um what's what's next for you are you so you're up there are you working on anything right now up in Canada uh, I have to go back to do an episode of a show called Heartland that I've been doing for the last few years mm-hmm. the poor show not the poor show the show's been running for about 14 seasons now Holy Lord! it's it's crazy it's got a world following that's insane and it's all this beautiful scenery and it's all about horses these people that own a horse farm and and so I go back to that in September well, I guess it is September, in October, mm-hmm. middle of October. Mm-hmm. And then from that so far, I'm kind of excited. I have some time off after, which is nice because I have a 19-month-old and I find the Baby. one yeah, the one thing that the whole shutdown taught me was how much time I was not spending at home with her. And so mm-hmm. luckily, she did her first step, her first tooth, her first word, all of that during quarantine for the first five weeks yeah so we had a big heart to heart as a family my husband and I and went maybe for this next year we could just kind of chill out how much we work and then Mm -hmm. you know that'll always be there but she's only going to be teeny tiny once and I don't really want to miss too much so now I probably jinxed myself but I'm kind of (laughs) really looking forward to once I get back from um, Alberta from doing Heartland that I'll get a little bit of time off so fingers crossed it stays like that that would be cool that's exciting yeah, I think so. But I'm a mom. It's my, you know, you always think it's exciting when it's your kid and everyone else is like, oh, stop it. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so smart. <laughs> They're like, right. <laughs> We're like, okay, we get it. We get it. You have a baby. We get it. <laughs> I am that way with my dogs. So, well, <laughs> I don't exactly. Have children, but I have, I have dogs. And my yeah, dogs well, are. Yeah, trust me. Remember this face. moment. Remember this moment because it'll be you one day going, see, she just took her first step. See, look what she did. She said, Laurent. That means orange. <laughs> Wait for it. Oh, my exciting. gosh. Yeah. It is. Cool. It is exciting. Um, thank you so much for being on the show, Lisa. It was such a pleasure talking to you. And everybody you should go watch Love Guaranteed and catch up on yeah. Heartland because we're in quarantine. Go for it. Okay, deal. <laughs> Take care. <laughs> Thanks again to Lisa for coming on the show. Man, I haven't laughed that hard in a second. What a story. I love the donkey kick. That's probably my favorite part of that audition story. Just that her mind went there is truly beautiful. I loved it. (laughs) Uh, Thanks again, Lisa. Next week on the show, we have my friend Jessica Morris. We did a show together called Ladies of the Lake. She's in a bunch of stuff. She was a series regular on One Life to Live for a long time. And recently, she's been in basically every Lifetime movie that's come out, which is amazing. So tune in next week to hear that conversation. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening to it now. Uh, from what I hear, we might be on Amazon soon because I think Amazon is a is a thing that's happening now with podcasts. You're going to be able to listen on Amazon and Audible. So I think that's coming soon. Um, but until then, Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you're listening, click that subscribe button. And don't forget to tune in next week. You can also follow us on social media and uh, check out the the fun graphics. I really need to be more active on there. So maybe you guys should tell me what I what I should do. Because I feel like I'm just sharing graphics at this point. But I'd love to connect with y'all. So 
head on over there. Let's talk. Let's have a conversation. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell your ferret. And as always, thanks for coming in. Hello, friends. This is Mark Nell, executive producer of the Table Read podcast, where imagination meets performance. As we wrap up an incredible season one, we want to take a moment to express our heartfelt gratitude to each and every one of you who tuned in and supported us on this amazing journey. Season one was nothing short of extraordinary. We delved into captivating scripts that transported us to worlds beyond our imagination, thanks to the brilliant writers who delivered these works. But what really brought these stories to life were the talents of our amazing actors. But Wait, the excitement doesn't end there. As we bid farewell to Season 1, we are thrilled to announce the launch of Season 2. Get ready for more gripping narratives, more unforgettable characters, and more mesmerizing performances that will keep you on the edge of your seat. We have some big surprises coming. The Force will definitely be with you. So stay tuned, stay engaged, and most importantly, stay excited. From all of us at the Table Read Podcast, thank you. And let's make Season 2 even more memorable together. <laughs>